Welcome to the Abortion Recovery Network podcast. We are group leaders helping group leaders with abortion recovery ministry through informal and casual conversations. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas, founder and board chair of the National Memorial for the Unborn, and Mindy Lefeshore, founder of An Even Place Virtual Abortion Recovery Ministry. As I began An Even Place in January 2022, I wanted to talk with other abortion recovery ministry leaders to share the vision I had and learn whatever I could about abortion recovery ministry. As I talked to some amazing women who I now call friends, I was surprised to learn they were as eager as I was to hear from other leaders. An idea was birthed to start a podcast of leaders by leaders for leaders from all over to share experiences, ideas, challenges, joys, and learn from one another while doing your laundry, cooking your dinner, or driving in your car. Linda and I met the fall of 2022. I shared this idea with her and she jumped on board. Our desire is to allow you to enter our conversations with other abortion recovery leaders, learn the nuts and bolts of how they lead their groups, and connect with one another to build a strong network of leaders helping leaders reach the millions suffering with an abortion experience. Starting on so we don't forget. And we've been starting this right away because whenever we turn recording on, then we would pray and then everybody changed. Everybody yeah. became really stiff. <laughs> so we're going to turn it on. And that way, whenever we start, I'll just go and cut it from that. And we're good. Does Linda come on? Is she coming on today? Oh, I meant to tell you, Linda is camping with her husband. Her husband oh, okay. is home and he wants to go camping. And so that's where she's at. So she apologized. She was going to miss you guys. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was great. I got to visit with her extensively at the Save One Summit, which was fantastic to get oh, to know that's her awesome. better and see her face to face. It was really nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so maybe you guys we will... need to oh, go ahead. We need to learn all about your new stuff. I like you're just like, this is solidifying for you. It's like really like really coming all to like this really great rich place well yeah you and I got together for lunch in May and I think in May I was telling you about the coaching and the coaching leadership retreat I wanted to do and that kind of thing and um well God just I I put it on my closing survey for my participants do you want coaching to share your story and there's one other two other things on there and some people are answering that um and I have two ladies from that, that I'm coaching one needs counseling. So we're just, we're not talking because I mean, we're not, not talking, but I'm just checking in with her because I'm trying, I'm really encouraging her to get counseling because that's what she needs and I can't help her. But, um, the ones that are coaching, it's fabulous. It's really cool because I really want to coach in the pregnancy center space with, with the ministry leaders, because I feel like it falls right within the realm of the, um, the mission statement, which we've changed up a little bit, but, um, because I want, I want to help. I went through that season of burnout so bad. I want to make sure nobody else does. And Mm -hmm. so, and I, since I can't do it all, like I can't minister to all the women and then the pregnancy center, they're trying to keep the women from coming to me. Right. And so if I can help them stay in the field, then we're all healthier. And so I'll do my part for the healing, you know, and then getting group leaders and raising up people, but then also helping support leaders in it, not in a counseling way, not in an education way, but in just a way that gives them space to process and to safely think where somebody's just asking questions because the power of asking a good question 
is incredible to digging into what's already in there. You just haven't given yourself time and space to really think about or permission maybe to, you know, say, and, and maybe, oh, you know what? You're right. I don't think that way. You know what I'm saying? And to identify some lies that's already going on. And then, you know, you bring in God into the whole mix because it's really about um, me praying as I'm going through, Lord, what's, what should I be asking here? You know, what, where should I be curious? Cause you could go all kinds of roads. Right. And, um, and them, you know, giving them freedom to bring God into that discussion as well. You know, what would God say about this? What does God, what is he speaking to your heart? You know, what scriptures can you lean into? You know, it's those things. And, oh, okay. Well, as you say that I'm thinking about, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. really cool to watch the Lord do this really sweet work. And I don't have to have any expertise. I think that's the beautiful part because <laughs> I don't have expertise. I mean, mm-hmm. I really don't, but I want to help them. And so coaching allows me to step into that space with them, knowing that I really don't know anything, which actually lends to my curiosity of wanting to ask good questions. So it's oh, a beautiful wow. that's thing. Awesome. Yeah. And I just want to, I want everyone to stay in their role, especially when they get overwhelmed and overworked as we do because we can, yes. and we will, Yes, you know, yes. and <laughs> all uh, you know, that. we're all a work in progress. And so, you know, the women that are just getting over their abortion, you know, going through an abortion recovery, I want to help. And they, they come in and they still have a lot of junk. So we're all, you know, hurting each other and button heads and wondering why, what happened? I thought this was supposed to be a beautiful place to work. It's because we're all human beings still. So are you seeing, um, uh, after healing, people are wanting to go into leadership potentially, uh, like a uh, um, a group leader type of role or something like that, or healing role, right? And that's, do you see that's where a struggle hmm. c- comes in, or um, or where they I, need you? Is that a gap you would fill? Is that a gap yes, gap? yes. Okay. So if they want to, I don't think everybody wants to, but some people want to serve women and aren't sure how, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and some like, oh yeah, I know where to serve. Like I had a lady come through, she's already in the pregnancy center. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, I met her at a Rachel's Vineyard retreat that I was leading on the leadership team anyway. And, um, and then she went through my study afterwards and she wanted coaching, you know, and we'd already talked about it a little bit, but, um, she just needed someone to help her process through what, what, where she was stuck in the serving that she was doing and why she was stuck. And once we one coaching session, she was like, you know what? She came up with this, just, I don't even remember what I asked her, but it was some question. And she was like, I never thought about it that way. I, and it just totally opened up a whole new avenue of hope. Okay, maybe I can stick it out for a little bit longer. You know, maybe this isn't what I thought is my disappointment really is wrapped up in something else and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. So I don't want to get into too many details, but yes. So for the woman who doesn't know, that's what we want to fill a gap for. So not everybody wants to, but I want to, I just want to be there for them. So when they're done, okay. Instead of having another session on, or a whole nother eight weeks on me taking them through a study, because there is one written on how to share your story and what to do next. Why don't we turn it into coaching? That's what I'd really like. I want to, I'd really like to turn it into a possible group coaching, you know, where the girls want to stay together, but 
let's do this a different way into a group coaching. And, um, but one-on-one is fine too. You know, how do you share your story? What are the aspects you should focus on? Who should you tell, you know, how much more healing do you need? You know, how do you deal with, you know, what are some of the things that you're thinking about that are lies and just helping them to kind of let those come out, you know, in discussion. Do you know what I'm saying? And so designing sort of a, a coaching program, whether it's individual or group afterwards that, um, helps them moving forward. So, cause coaching uh, is the zero point moving forward where counseling is negative moving to zero. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that you bring this, that you're doing this, because I was just talking with our friend Rebecca Hagen yesterday, and she was saying one of the biggest, and she's, I don't know if you know her, but she had a abortion mm-hmm. pill reversal. Her son, she's fantastic woman. We love her. She's one of our best. Um, she uh, speaks all over. She's with Ambassador, and she's also with BK Foundation now. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, she was saying how one of the things she sees so commonly is a person will go through healing and it'll have this like complete grace experience, true healing, true Jesus, like all of it, like at the highest, best level. Mm-hmm. And she said, and then they leave the group and turn around and start, and they're usually younger start posting on Instagram, like I had this healing, but I would never tell another woman that she couldn't have an abortion. Kind of this idea of mm. this duel. And I said, what is that, Becky? Is it that they're not getting, I don't know, discipled enough? Um, but when they leave, do they need, I know Tanya and I've talked about this a lot. We don't believe in ongoing group therapy kind of thing. <laughs> That's not Forever. healthy yeah. either, but it seems she's saying she sees a, um, a lot of where they, a lot like with our, you know, our patients, when they come in the center and they have a crisis, they're going back home to something that is right not what they just experienced. So, I, so there's that, but she was actually sharing a lot of concern about it because she was seeing more and more of it in like that kind of, um, you know, social media. And I was, I was just curious is like, do they need more care? You know, I think some do, before? Mm-hmm. you know, and then some don't. And I think they need to determine, I think also is letting them sit in the healing that they have and discover where those gaps are still, you know, as they go, right. A trigger hits later or, or like you said, this kind of a thing. I, I had a lady come through last year, said the same thing. I would never, I would never do abortion again, but I would never tell someone not to do it. And I paused with her and I said, well, let's talk about that for just a minute. What is abortion? Why would, and what are you experiencing? Why would you not tell somebody not to do it? You know, what, what would you want her to know, to warn her about? Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason even that we do the letter to the post-abortive woman in one of our weeks, that way she's been through, I think it's week five or six. She's been through a lot of scripture by then. And I have addressed three points, like what, what she needs to know about her feelings regarding her abortion, what you would tell her that she needs to know about God and how would you tell her to move forward? Because ultimately she's ministering to herself, right? We minister to ourselves when we start talking to other people, but then also the abortion is in the relief and denial chapter, that exercise puts it side by side. You see what abortion is over here and they talk it through and I'm writing a tight while I'm typing it in, but what other women have said abortion is. 
And then we, we come over to the other side of that screen and we put God is, and I'm, they're telling me, and I'm putting other women's answers. And then we stop and we look at, it and I ask them, what do you see? What do you see about these lists that are so interesting to you? What do you notice? And by far the biggest answer is, is they're entirely not the same. I mean, it, God is never on this side and abortion is never on this side under God. They're a diametrically opposed and if that's the case, there's no reason for abortion if God is all these things that he says he is. So that's one, those two things I think are really helpful. They are not, but the scriptures are helpful the most. So I think it's having that conversation intentionally. I asked them on the closing survey. I think you, I don't know if you remember, but one of the questions I asked them and I leave it open-ended is what, in what instances is abortion? Okay. I want to hear how they answer. That tells me where they're at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't share that, but um, it tells mm -hmm. me where they're at. And if we were effective, mm -hmm. you know, I'm hoping yeah. they're not just giving me what I think that I want to hear, but their mm -hmm. true answer, you know? That's so interesting. Well, yeah. good on you. That's awesome. Yeah. But I'm so excited because they're these next two groups that I have coming up in the fall, they're full. And I have another lady I'm talking to today. I'm so excited about how God is just moving in these women, but almost all of them that I've talked to have said, I really want to help women, but I just don't know how. And I know I can't until I do this. And I'm like, I guess, do you, do you know, like how exciting that is for me to hear when I, I tell them that's my prayer. I've prayed for you the beginning of last year. And I've prayed it all this year, um, for a year and a half that he would work in your heart and bring you to an understanding that you need healing. And, um, and he's doing that through giving them a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. I want oh, you precious. to help other women. Yeah. And so I just think that it's, it's just, it blows me away. And so who knows, may, they might know where they want to go. They might not, but um, they might be saying, okay, I want some coaching. And that would be really fun to just help them discover what are your gifts? What are your talents? You know, what, what is God speaking to you, right? What are you aware of that's out there mm -hmm. kind of a thing and just take them through that process and let them sort of think that through. And, you know, I think that would be so much fun. So we'll see. We'll see what happens out of that. And I'm sorry, what did you say your <laughs> podcast name is changing to? I'm curious about that. Oh, it will be lead with purpose and it's on the coaching website. So you can go out to fwpcoaching.com and find, find all my coaching. WPF. F as in Frank W as in with forward with purpose FWP right. coaching. Yeah. And that's brand new to you. Yes. I just got it up there yesterday. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's great. That's super exciting. We love junk like that. We've been putting together our consulting junk. packages and did you just call it junk? <laughs> no, I mean, I just love we've been putting together our consultation package packages this week because we well tiny more than me but we've been doing it already and so i'm like we need to put this together so that because as we get asked more you know you you got to know what you charge or don't charge or yeah what or whatever the thing is and how much we give to people and how much they need and so on so um so we've been doing that just this week before Kiernet. So we have it up because Tanya is going to be teaching a breakout session on how to build a grief care team at Kiernet. Hmm. So we, you know, it's like when, you know, someone's coming over to your house, you have to clean it. That kind of yes. Thing. So that's what we've been kind of putting it together. So we knew, so <laughs> we have something analogy. going on. Yeah. Yes. It's the date, you know, it's it, the date holds you accountable, but 
uh, that's really super exciting. So we do love that for you and can't wait to see how God's going to use you. Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure out now I want to get to these conferences, but trying to get a booth is almost impossible and they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. we're trying to figure it out next year what to do. Cause I want to take an even place to these non-pro-life places. I want to take them to like the Christian women conferences and things like that versus the pro-life place. Right. I need to go find the women who need healing, not the women who have had Mm -hmm. healing. (laughs) And then I want to take the coaching to the pro-life place. So got to figure out how to do that. I'm real excited to. We've been lucky because for (laughs) ours, the last two years for my, for CareNet anyway, my care track has supported us. And so they share the, we share the booth that we share. And I wanted to tell you just because I know you dipped your toe into my care track and it may not be still for you because I know you're so organized, but if you know of anybody, we've really super improved over the last year and we dropped our price to $19.95 per organization, as many users as you want. So, yeah. So if you, if you're, if somebody is like, I don't know how to track anything and they want to at least look, I wanted to tell you that specifically, I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast thing necessarily, but I don't want to do, that's not what we're here for, but I did want to tell you personally that if you find that someone's like, I've got a binder, I can't keep track. And we've made great progress in the last year, um, even since probably the last time you looked at it. So anyway, well, I, just wanted to I have been thinking about it for a while. And I'll just make that comment that I've been thinking I should get in touch with Nate or Tricia and just go through it again, look at it again, because I have group leaders. I have a couple of group leaders now mm-hmm. and being able to communicate, we're doing it over Google. And I know I'm not technically fall. I don't technically fall under HIPAA, but I have a great concern about some things that might be coming down that I've heard that about. And so I just want to make sure that we have a sound place where nobody can look and go, Hey, you guys are just sharing this open over Google. You know, that's my information, right? You know, and so I I don't want to go into that too much because I know that again, that's not why we're here, but we've got we've got a great uh security and privacy policy and everything's yeah. encrypted a billion yes. times so it's very secure so yeah. anyway all that just to let you know the price significantly dropped and you can add as many people onto your team with different permissions as you want so um okay good well let um, me yeah let me get in contact yeah. with would Nate be better or would you to take me Nate's through? great oh no I'd love if you want to go with Nate he's he, he works in it every day and okay all right. I'll just contact him. And anyway, you guys, this has been an interview about me and uh, I love it. <laughs> it's really about you. So why don't we um, pray? And then I just want my questions are all over the place. So I just had to have a brief conversation about my questions <laughs> and um, get your take. And then we can get, we can just, however we start, we start. So Tanya, would you pray for us? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Mighty God, we lean into you right now, Lord, for clarity of mind, for the words you want us to speak, God, for our thoughts to be your thoughts, um, as you know, the ones that are going to listen to this podcast session, what's going to speak to their heart, what's going to speak to their ministry, what's going to encourage them, equip them, Lord, let our speech be sweet and uh, exactly what uh, you want us to say. Lord, there's so many things that just float in our mind. And 
Lord, I just personally ask that uh, I can push aside my agenda and my expectations for what I want to say so that I can hear you clearly, Holy Spirit. Thank you for Mindy and Tricia and for the work they do and what a treasure it is to sit together and talk about your God-glorifying ministry for each of us and how much you love us and those that we care for. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I noticed that I have, I put this together a while ago. Um, So I was looking at it this morning. I thought, hmm. Hey, I have stuff here that talks about leadership. And then I have stuff here that sort of talks about maybe concepts or, you know, practices. I don't know if that's a good word for them. Don't know if there's a word that kind of fits the rest of them. So the leadership questions are, you know, number three, number five, number nine, 11, 12, and 13. And the rest are just sort of like, you know, experience doesn't make you an expert in someone else's life. I think Tanya, you said that last time when we talked and, um, I wanted to dive into that more. So that's not really, it's like a, I don't know when it's not really leadership per se, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. and so what do you think? Cause we obviously cannot cover all of this unless, unless you just have a quick answer to some of these questions. I don't think we're going to be covering all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like to keep it one or the other, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so tell me yeah. what you think. Well, what, um, you know, you, you know, what you've been talking about lately with others and what you're hearing, you know, out there, what, what do you think, um, would be impactful for us to share? Is it, is it more about, um, the leadership training or, cause we could just kind of, uh, you know, start off with, um, something, I mean, experience doesn't make you an expert in someone else's life, but it's beneficial. That's kind of a nice intro into, um, cause that's really Trisha and I's story together as a team is she doesn't have the loss, right. but she's a benefit. Right. And my experience doesn't make me an expert in somebody else's life, but it's a benefit. So we both come with a benefit. Um, and then that could easily lead into a leadership training mm-hmm. discussion. If you want to make that today, it's whatever you want. Um, I'm just bummed because I had some really good scripture weaved in there with that stuff and it's gone now, but <laughs> <laughs> Lord, bring it to her memory. Okay. Oh man. So, so yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking too? Cause I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah. I know we're willing to talk about anything. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was looking over this, um, I want to talk about all of it. So, um, but I think today what I really want to talk about and, uh, is maybe the importance of studying the word of God, Mm. you know, nobody, but me syndrome, my way is the best pitfall. I don't know if that's a leadership or if we're just talking about, you know, how we're thinking, what our mindset is you know, abortion and abuse, um, those could be things, unhealthy coping mechanisms, those go together. And, um, in your story, the day we had an abortion was the day we died. Um, and I don't know where that falls, but it doesn't, they all don't have to link, but I kind of wanted to really get into the studying of God's word. I think that's the thing that we end up 
dropping off the first point. I think that's, that is probably me to me, the number one indicator that we're on a road to burnout. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, while this isn't a burnout session, I think it's, I think it's important to understand and to have just to have that conversation, because sometimes I think studying the word of God can be in sort of an antiquated term in our, even our Christian circles. And, um, and maybe it's just not given, you know, we're, we have so much that will feed us. We can listen to stuff. We can read devotionals, which I have a little thing with devotionals, um, that we could talk about as well, but we're not really in the word of God and why that's so important that we understand that. And what, you know, because some people are like, well, I can't read. I don't understand. It's boring. You know what I'm saying? All these excuses. And now we have reasons to have excuses. Well, I can just listen to somebody else teach it. You know, I can listen to it being spoken to me audibly. That's great. I'm not, none of these things are bad. And I don't think any of them are bad, but I think there is an importance yeah. <clears throat> to studying the word of God that, that I think we need to talk about that. I would love to talk about if you mm-hmm. guys want to go down that road. Yeah. I'm just, um, while you're talking, I'm pulling up some verses that might be good anchors to the discussion here. Um, so that I'm kind of ready. So I always like to back it up with scripture. Okay. Well, let me do this. Let's, um, let's put a pause. Okay. Uh, today we have Tanya and Tricia with us from Reproductive Loss Network, and we get them together this time. They've each been on individually, and now they come as a team, and they are a wonderful team and my friends. So I'm going to give them one couple of minutes or less, if you will, to give us an elevator pitch of what they, how they got here, and what Reproductive Loss Network is. If you want to hear their uh, longer stories, you can go back to their individual um, podcasts from previous. I think Trisha, you were in May, and no, Trisha, you were in August, and Tanya, you were in May, or Trisha, you were in February. I don't know. <laughs> it's back. It was back a little ways. So, but anyway, um, whoever wants to share that story, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Trisha Lewis. And um, I think you're asking, how did we get here today? Which is such a great question. And my, uh, if you do anything in the pregnancy center world, you may ask yourself that same exact question because um, really nobody, I don't think grows up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a volunteer at a pregnancy clinic when I become an adult because, um, because we just don't think that way generally and we're never prepared for it. So I started out as a, uh, what I say, a big hearted, well-meaning mom of three whose kids started school. So I had some time and I got asked to teach or to lead a mommy group. And that was the end of the story for me as far as what uh, the pregnancy center world had in store. I've been able to do every job just about except for medical um, in the pregnancy clinic world. And um it is unlike anything I have ever experienced, and it's hard to explain to other people what that ministry looks like. And just to take a quick second to say there was, a, and I probably told it on my last one, but it's, I think it's so important for people to know um, that uh, I was in a ultrasound room as a volunteer saying nothing, watching the nurse with a young couple whose baby um, didn't have a heartbeat. 
and the couple just came undone obviously well the woman did she came undone in a different way she had had two previous abortions um so she went i like kind of i i I looked at her and it was as if a wave of the ocean was rolling back she got so closed um in an instant once she learned that her baby didn't have a heartbeat even though she had terminated two other babies before and the husband um howled like a like an animal that got caught in a trap and it was so emotional and I'm looking around thinking this is I've not I'm not prepared for this I don't know what this means and I went to stand outside I was asked to go stand outside for a minute while she was getting changed or something and another volunteer was going into a room um for to meet with another client and she held up her bible and she said, my client just gave her heart to the Lord. And I just stood there and she went in and I just stood there in that hallway all by myself and thought, this is the craziest ministry on earth. I'm literally dealing with life and death, physical, spiritual in this, in like a, a minute span of time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so really working in the pregnancy center world and that story in particular and i'll cut way to the chase led me to be um, of course tanya and i've worked with each other for a long time and her journey is different but um, that's what led us to start doing reproductive loss network with which is to help people like me uh standing in that hallway um know what to do Mm. from in that season um from a biblical point of view wow that's beautiful. Tanya, you want to, that was a long elevator ride. It's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> okay. a great story. I don't think I've heard that story from you. If I have, forgive me, I've forgotten because that's great. That's what I love about Trisha is she's such a great storyteller and um, she remembers all of these um, very sacred moments at the clinic when we work together and when we meet people you know, out there at um, conferences and such. But yes, my story is very different in that, um, you know, I have had two abortions um, in my teen years and, you know, ran from God for a long time um, before uh, I just gave in to his calling to get the healing that I so desperately needed. Found that in a church environment, um, which was kind of odd because not a lot of churches talk about um, after abortion care, uh, but there was a, a solo helper out there in the church and um, she handed the ministry to me uh, uh, shortly after I went through that. And um, that's how I kind of met Trisha is wanted to find out more about the pregnancy clinic world and, and maybe volunteer more in that. And uh, so over the years of us working together, we realized um, that there is a disconnect between churches, helping organizations and pregnancy clinics um, that they don't know about each other well. There isn't a solid biblical standard of care across the spectrum. And we were looking for that organization that would help us link all of us together. And um, the Lord just led us to start our own nonprofit to do just that. And so um, now I'm a biblical counselor certified, which uh, is just amazing because I'm seeing there's a lot of biblical counselors out there that have a great skill set for offering grief care, but don't understand the need 
of um, those out there that have reproductive loss. So it's almost like you've got um, the uh, rescue ship out there looking for those that need to be rescued and they don't know there's people wow. out there holding on to the, the, you know, the lifeboat out there in the ocean. It's like, if we could be the helicopter and say, you dispatch over here, we see them. And um, so that's what we try to do. I love that. That's a great picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well today we're going to, we're not going to really talk about reproductive loss. I don't think um, today, but we will talk about abortion um, at some point. And I do, but I want to kind of get us on a different subject where I think um, we need to have more conversation. I think the conversation around the importance of studying the word of God is what we're going to kind of land on today. And, and, uh, if we exhaust that, we'll go on to something else. But, um, I, the reason I want to talk about this is not because I don't think anybody in the Christian world, in the church, in ministry would say that studying the word of God is not important verbally, but I think we say it in other ways. You know, I think it's the thing that we do that we, um, oh, well, we, I sit down for about, you know, 15 minutes a day and, and I, I, I'll say a prayer, I'll read a devotional, I'll listen to worship music. And out of that, I might read, you know, a little bit of word of the word and that's okay. I'm not, I don't want to judge that any, the way anybody's doing it is wrong. I want to just kind of dive into the importance of really studying what studying can look like because there's different ways of studying scripture. You know, I've developed my own style, which I could never explain to anybody, you know? Um, and just why this, the word of God is actually the thing that refreshes us. And I think Tanya, you may, I don't know if it was Tanya or Tricia, but you said it's fresh waters to counsel from. And, um, and I just, I just love that picture. So I just kind of want to open that up for discussion. You guys to just jump right in to those fresh waters. <laughs> yeah. It's, that was a conversation that we did. We did have, um, uh, a very, um, influential person in my life that has taught me how to care. Well, he taught me that, that it's so important to understand that, um, you know, Jeremiah 17, nine says that our heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it. Yes. So when we meet with other people, it's very easily, um, very easy to get swayed by their stories and they're impactful. They grieve us as helpers and we want to fix, we want to cure. And, um, the, the only one that can understand their heart is the one who created them. And so what's so important is that when we personally spend time in the word of God, we are declaring that the word is the lamp to our feet, the light to our path, right? That's Psalm 119, 105 is that without the word of God, we're lost. You know, he is the authority. He is the one who is complete and sufficient. And so when we look at the word of God and we are encouraged by it, we are convicted by it and all of these beautiful things, um, it is flowing through us. I don't know, Mindy, I'm sure you've had a moment where you have spent time dedicated with the Lord 
you know, reading um, passages and things. And then you get with somebody that you're helping and it just connects like that verse I just read mm-hmm. is something that is usable right here in this moment. And um, God gives us the words and that's that living water that flows from us. Otherwise, um, I personally feel like if I have not spent time in the word um, and in prayer and supplication before even meeting with someone, I feel like I'm I'm looking for those dry crumbs in the corner of my heart to, to feed somebody. You know, it's like I'm just feeding them stale stuff right now. Like, mm-hmm. what was that verse I read, you know, four days ago, um, um, you know, and it's, it's not flowing because mm-hmm. I've got so much in between them and me and my mind again, that's just muddled. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was just talking with a, a friend the other day, how I see myself almost like we're instruments in his hands. You know, that's, that's biblical. Like I'm a pipe and the Lord's flowing through me. Mm -hmm. And if the Lord wants a little spigot of Tanya in that water flow, he'll let me know what I can share and then to turn it off and then be Mm -hmm. more, more Christ. Um, because that's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Because often, you know, it's, it's so tempting for us to make it about us. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon we're just sharing our testimony when the person sitting across from us, they need Jesus. They're not us and how we've been healed may not necessarily connect with them. And then all of a sudden they feel disconnected and not heard. And so mm-hmm. just understanding, let that living water, spending time with the Lord flow. And he controls the spigot of how much we actually engage of ourselves. You know, it's interesting you say that because it's not just, um, well, it's in addition to sitting, sitting in the Lord and then, you know, having that conversation that you mentioned uh, and all of a sudden that verse was for them that I read today, but it's also the, the compilation of time of sitting in the word. And then all of a sudden you're just speaking scripture as language rather than scripture as this is what the Bible says, but it becomes your language and that language is life-giving. And, you know, our whole culture is about speaking words of life. The only words of life we truly have to give are from scripture, right? I mean, when we, when we sit down and and at the bot at the end of the day and the bottom line is that's the only time that we have anything to give. And when (laughs) you talked about, um, uh, what'd you say a pipe? Like a my, pipe. yeah, I had a pastor years ago. He says, I'm just a hose. I'm just a <laughs> garden hose for water to go through. And I just cracked up because I took that and I thought that's about as much as I am, but God chooses to use me to mm-hmm. pour through. He knows we're broken. But anyway, um, getting back to the importance of studying the word, you know, um, the, the idea of fresh waters years ago, I want to put this out there. This might step on some toes and I'm not trying to step on toes, but I, I really want people to know God. And I don't think we know him the way we can. I don't think I know him the way I could, right? Because he's so, he's so deep. He's so high. He's so wide. He's so, um, we'll never get to the end of his boundary, you know, of knowing even in eternity, we have eternity to know him. We're never going to hit the wall. You know, you know, the Truman show where, and he hit the wall, he, he kept going and going and going in the ocean. And then he finally hit the wall. 
that will never be with God. We will never hit the wall and come to disappointment where we get up some stairs and we go out into the a whole new world. You know, we'll always have discovery with God. And when we spend our time not learning how to eat the meal presented to us, but continue to have people feed it to us through listening through YouTube, some sermon podcasts, or, um, you know, reading devotionals, we don't grow. We will grow a little bit, but we won't grow. We won't mature as quickly and we will struggle in life because I, I threw away my devotional years ago didn't throw them away, but I, I stopped reading them and I thought I realized what was happening. A devotional is this. It's a scripture with a long commentary from a person with a prayer at the end. Right. And I, I just really actually I put it away because the reason I put it away, let me go back is because I wanted to hear God's voice. And I realized I, w- I didn't know I had to hear God's voice. I was hearing um, from some person that wrote the devotional. And so I needed to understand to learn how to hear God's voice. So I put all commentaries, all devotionals, all those things away. I stopped listening to people's sermons, except at church. And then just recently, and that was years ago, I started thinking, what is the, what is it about devotionals? Do they have a place? I really began to explore that question and it hit me one day. A devotional is a book written by a person who can act as a mentor, right? So there's a place for devotional, but what does devotional mean? The very definition of devotional is that I'm devoting my time to God, right? And if we're reading somebody else's devotional and 75% of it is their words, then by de- very definition, I'm actually devoting my time to that person and not to God. And that's when it hit me. It's not that the devotional is bad. We need to use it as a mentorship. What does people say about this? You know, what is, what has God spoken to them, but first learn how God speaks to us about it. And then we're devoting our time to God. So now that I threw all that on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've learned so much from Trisha who, um, spends incredible amounts of time, uh, in the word. And, um, I'd love to hear some of the things that you've shared with me, Trisha, on your time. Oh, well, I, well, the very first thing is I'd love to say that I spend, you know, some days it's shorter, right. Than other days to time wise. But, um, I, I, I started going back to school a couple years ago and I just decided at the beginning, like, there's no way I'm spending more time doing that than I spend with the Lord. Like it, nothing I can accomplish is worth anything if I'm not spending time with the Lord first. So it's, it became more and more a priority of my day, my time spent, like, as you were talking about. And as you were talking, Mindy, um, it made me think about a couple of things we talk about in our Help to Hope training. One of which is the idea of uh, the word gnosis and epinosis, which is essentially knowing, um, knowing God. We want to know God. If we're if we're biblical counselors or Christian helpers, uh, we want to know God. And so what happens is, as as you're talking about devotionals and so on, again, not that they're bad, but how how much are we knowing God? And so in our training, the illustration is used with my grandkids. You know, you can I buy a gazillion 
of these packs of watercolor paints, you know, the Crayola ones that are white, yellow, blue, green, brown, black, whatever. And they're beautiful. They're sexy. They're alluring. You you want to open it. You want to look at it. It's pretty. But my four-year-old grandkids see these colors, but they don't know what they do until they dip their brush in to it and start using the colors, right? Like, so gnosis is to know something. Epinosis is to get in there with, in that messy kind of area. And then you start to realize, oh, uh, you know, these two colors mixed, red, red and blue make purple or all mixed together make brown, you know? So it's the, it's the, it's getting to know the Lord. And that led me to think about what we talk about um, with assuming things. Um, we talk about not assuming uh, a person's story, you know, like not uh, not filling in, uh, not like uh, assuming is the act of supposing something to be true without any proof. So if we're talking about God and I'm looking at God like this color palette, I'm thinking, oh, I can, I can make all sorts of assumptions of what these colors might look like together, but I don't really know, right? So then there's epinosis, which is getting in. And what happens is we start to assume things about God that aren't true, which affects our counsel. So we start filling in when we assume we don't, we're not looking, we're not asking, we're not in there uh, trying to figure it out with God and around God, working out our salvation that way. So we're filling in that missing information with our own experiences and interpretations of God. Well, how limited is that, right? So then the, the God we think we're serving only exists in our own mind. It's not the real God at all. So it kind of goes back for me is like, because I am not a counselor, I'm not a biblical counselor like Tanya. I, I'm not nuanced in that way. I don't have those giftings or skills and I'm not a theologian, but like I was talking to her earlier, people do tell me their stories. I'm responsible to God for those stories that people tell me. And so therefore I have to know the God I am serving really in order to give them any kind of comfort that that is actually, um, that actually meets that, that need. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, so, so all that just to say is when I, when I started back to school in psychology and counseling, it's like, well, that's all well and good and great, but nothing compared to what the Lord can offer. And it's nothing if I don't know him. So going back to, we have to know the word, we study the word in order to know him so that we can share him properly. So he can give the highest and best comfort to the people that yeah. he has given us. Yeah. You know, that's really good. And so what do we do? because I know there's women out there in, in um, our ministry fields and who are maybe even leading these Bible studies. Okay. So you can get used to what's in that Bible study and learn how to lead that Bible study, but still not really know the Bible. Right. And, um, and so just by way of discussion, you know, what do you do when you sense a dry season, right. Or when you're struggling in prayer, you know, because prayer by yourself can be a struggle, right? What are the, what are the things that you do to keep yourself focused? You know, what's the time that you give to prayer to, you know, reading the word. And like you said, it's not like we sit down and we have to do this every single day. It's, it's the joy of sitting with God and knowing that he's going to speak to us, even in the simple things this morning, I was, I put a post up on Facebook, just from, I'd have to go back and look at it just so I can see, but it was, uh, 
it was just Psalm 47. And it, it's such a simple Psalm of praise. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, really digging depth in that song, but just to, just to look at it and say, wow, you know, just to praise the Lord for who he is and that simplicity, the Bible study doesn't have to be complicated, you know? And so what do you, what do you do when it gets dry? I love Mindy that you talk about worship, um, and praising him. Um, we are made to worship. Mm -hmm. So to really recognize our identity in Christ and how we're made, we're going to be worshiping something all the time. Yeah. And I think it's very important for us to recognize, are we worshiping ourselves? Do we have something else we're worshiping, like our work, our ministry? We can run from God by working for God. Mm -hmm. I love that quote in one of the books that I, I have. And, um, and so I think when the dry season hits and I don't find it that easy flow of prayer and I'm like, oh, the Bible, where now, where am I going to go today? That's a cue that I'm worshiping something outside of God. And those are hard times, but we, we do need to take those thoughts captive and take those cues that something might need to be close, closer, a closer look of, of what, what, why you're feeling that dryness. Um, have I wandered? We're, we're prone to wander, but sometimes, um, there isn't, you know, the correction that needs to be made that we can, like you said, you can go to the word and just open it up and pray a Psalm. Let God's words be our words when we don't feel like it's flowing from us. That's where he gently carries us. Right. And so I, I believe when we find the dryness, we find that there isn't that, that excitement. That's the cue to press in there. It's almost like the, um, not nine one one, but it's like the little urgent care. Like I, I going to have to trust the Lord, the Holy spirit to go in there and, and, um, minister to me and through my faith. Cause I believe when things are good and out of abundance, we build up that storeroom. I think even on the other side of it is when things are going well, we often walk away because they're like, hmm, I'm not feeling pressed on all sides right now. Mm -hmm. But those are the times where we rejoice, like you said, in adoration, and we build up that storeroom, remembering the verses, memorizing, so that when we feel dry, we can just sing that little psalm or remember a part of a verse, and he's still there with us. So yeah. I hope you know that makes sense. Um, in the importance of knowing the cues of our heart and understanding we're going to worship something mm -hmm. if we're not worshiping God. Absolutely. We are created to worship and, you know, crying out to the Lord when we, I don't remember what you just said. It was like right there in my head and then it disappeared, but God wants us to know him. And when we're dry, it's not because he's left or he's moved. It's because we've moved, right? It's because something in our life, our hearts has shifted. And 
um, Jeremiah 9, 24, and this is one of my favorite verses says, let him who glories or boast, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these, I delight, says the Lord. God wants us to know him. And the only way we, he wrote us a big old long letter so we could know him, you know, so we wouldn't get bored with just a little bit. <laughs> if he wrote us one, one little book and then that was it, you know, just the book of Leviticus on the, on the how to's we'd throw that away in an instant. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, he wrote us this big, long letter over the span of many, many years, you know, from different people, he used to pin it so that we could know him, you know, not so that, what was it? Moses was said that it was said that Moses knows God, but the, the Israelites like know of his, like, they don't really know him, but Moses knows him. They would always beg Moses to go and intercede for him, for them when they could have done it themselves. You know, anyway, it's just learning how to, we learn how to pray from scripture. That's what she said in a minute ago. Um, we learn how to pray when we pray first John 5, 14 tells us if we pray anything according to his will, he not only hears us, but he grants the petition of what we've asked him because it's according to his will. God, I want to know you more. Help me read your word. Help me to stay with you in this dry season, because I know you'll take me out of it. Obviously I've done, you know, something's going on for me to be dry, but you're with me because it tells us that he's with us. Even in uh, the darkest places, Psalm 139 tells us that he's just with us in the darkest places. So um, the importance of and studying God's word equips us for, for ministry. Sure. Yes, mm. for sure. I was just going to say, and it is a discipline sometimes when we are dry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're adults. <laughs> we know that when we have too high of a calorie intake, we put on weight. We know if we yeah. don't drink, we get thirsty. Um, we know that even some days like with working out, we don't feel like doing it, but we're always glad we have done. And that is more true with the word than anything else ever. Um, I did, um, and I'm still doing, although I got a little sidetracked with it, some scripture memory there for a bit. And that was the most amazing experience I've had in my spiritual life, because one of the things that happened is I got really greedy and de defensive about the word. Like it was mine. It was my word. Like, <laughs> I can't believe anybody's bringing up that, that scripture because that's my scripture. That's, that's not, do you know, it, it got so, when I memorized it, it got so in me that it was, it belonged to me. That was such a great feeling that when I was dry, that I had the scripture that we, it was just lodged there, like something beautiful, like I couldn't explain. I didn't want anybody else like, you know, at first, you know, your irrational self. And it was just, I was just so, it was just mine. It became mine. And I think sometimes that we, when we are able to study the word like that, then we're able to, um, like you were saying, really know God better in a way that is unlike just reading something that's quick and mm. you know something like that and then also I think when we're dry we have there have been times where I've gone back to passages where um um I'm very familiar with them and I break them down very simply because I can't do anything more 
So like I might go to, um, you know, the Lord's prayer, something, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and so on. And I would literally in my dry season, take my Bible and sit on my lap and I'd sit there and think about my father. What does my father do? What does my Godfather look like? What does, what, how, what do I remember in scripture about him? How does, how faithful has he been to me? How steady, how is his steadfast love been toward me? How much grace he's shown me through salvation. And sometimes when I'm dry, if that's all I can do, it is that one word, that one part of scripture that I'm a little familiar with that brings, that opens that, that, that gate up for future, for further study. It's like that taste on my tongue. I love that because that's studying scripture. That's all scripture study is, is asking the what, why, how, when, where questions, mm-hmm. you know, what does this mean for me? What does, what does it mean that God is my father? I had to ask myself that question a few years ago. Somebody said, I think you, cause I've looked, I love to look into the names of God and what that means for me, but I never thought about God, my father. And I really started to think about that. And he begins to reveal because he wants us to know him. Right. And he begins to reveal, but I want to just really quickly touch on burnout and why the studying, the importance of studying God's word is so vital to preventing burnout. There is so much talk out there about self-care, not a fan of that word, but I understand what people are driving at. Right. And, um, because we are so busy and, um, I, I want to propose and uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, that the first clue that we are headed on a road to burnout is that our any whatever time we've given to the Lord in our day is becoming filled with something else. Like you were saying, you were filling it with uh, studies and you're like, uh, no, this is imbalanced for me. And so, and that's what happened with me when I got burnt out is um, I, I can look back now and tell you, I started um, less and less. I I need more time to do these other things, but the reality is I didn't have, I wasn't filled to do the other things well. And it it really started to show and rather quickly in my life. And so um, let's just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think what's important um, is the expectations, the desires of our heart, um, because we can start to project onto other people and even the people that we care for that we want to make them change or we want to make the situation happen in this certain way and when things are not going the way we want because we have so many things we need to accomplish for ourselves then um then we get so burnt out because we're not realizing that we can't control these things I think control is one of those insidious things that we forget that um, that's that battle is truly there and we can listen to our own language. Like, Oh, he just, you know, he's making me so mad. It's like truly when it gets down to the heart, no one can make us do anything. You know, I read um, a quote from Oswald chambers yesterday, something about how God sets our beginning and he sets our end. And what happens in the middle is our choices and how we're going to live with, with joy and suffering. And that is so impactful about the burnout is that God calls us 
to do all things for his glory, not for our glory. And I have to so many times, sometimes it's on a daily basis often where I have to slow down to the point where, Tanya, are you doing this for yourself or are you doing it for the glory of God? Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing it for myself, then I need to write it down on a piece of paper or type it somewhere. And then I need to go back to that and really pray for that. Did God ask me to do that? I think a lot of things that have to do with burnout is fear of man. And there's a great book called When People uh, Are Big and God is Small by Mm -hmm. Ed Welch. I highly recommend that book because we make people and things so big and they drive our life and God is small. And I think that really ties well with our conversation today about, you know, our, our worship. Are we in the word of God? Are we are we dry with our crusty crumbles or are we getting that fresh living water? Um, so that that's just, you know, what what I see in burnout is the the zeal is for ourself instead of for God. 100 percent. And that's why we can set aside our devotional time. That's why we can lessen it that because we have to do this to fulfill something that's in us that we don't see, which is exactly where I was. I mean, a hundred percent. Um, who was the author of that book? Ed Welch. Ed Welch. That's awesome. Trisha, did you have anything to add to that? Tanya, are you pointing to Trisha? <laughs> So, so we're on zoom and it looks like she's pointing to, to my, my right <laughs> wall over here. <laughs> Trisha's on my left. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Trisha. No, Tanya, I think hit it on the, on the head with that, especially the burnout. Um, I, I am like too chicken. I really protect myself from that as much as possible. <laughs> as burnout is painful. It is. Oh, so, yes. um, so we, you know, the simpler, um, I can live in the Lord and also just not about burnout, but as she was talking, I was thinking about one of the things we talk about a lot again with RLN is that we it's burnout is one of many areas our brokenness shows, um, and our inability to cover to, you know, brokenness is just one of the many areas, but we talk about a lot how there's you talk about self-help books it's a perfect example there's billions of them there's billions of self-help books but what we say in our training is yet we still see people broken all around us so the self-help stuff isn't working it doesn't help with burnout it doesn't help with healing um the philosophies of the world are you know just as i put that one morsel of scripture on my tongue to make me want to taste more when I'm dry, um, the, I can eat and eat and eat all day long from the world and never get full. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, brokenness, burnout, despair, you know, all of it is just, it's all part of the same, um, the same thing that only God and his word can impact us through. Yeah. You know, burnout is painful. I I will say. And, um, 
you know, in my, I can say that during my devote, during that season, when I was working myself into that space, um, I didn't necessarily stop my devotional time, but it wasn't what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't for God. It was for me. Right. But I kept, somehow I kept the habit. So when I hit that burnout phase, the burnout was so severe. I questioned, and I, I probably talked about this in other podcasts, but it was so severe that I questioned my salvation. I really didn't think God would ever use me in this space again. I thought I messed up so bad. And, um, I literally for a week, the first week after leaving the pregnancy center that my identity was so wrapped up in what I was doing. I mean, you said we can run from God by working for God. I didn't know I was running from God, but I certainly wasn't working. I mean, I said I was working for him, but it was really working for me. And um, I, I laid in a ball in a fetal position, just cried for a week. I mean, I was having grief because I lost something that I loved, right? And, uh, and I lost a lot of things. Mainly, I lost my identity because it was not in Christ. But what did come out of that and what I'll, I'll never forget is in those days, I didn't even have the mental space or capacity to talk about dry, to, to understand what I was reading. I'd read the same verse over and over and over, and I could not understand what I was reading. I couldn't, but I knew I was supposed to, and not as a matter of works, but as a matter of life support. This is where my life was. This is where I was going to learn how to breathe again was in scripture. This is where I was going to learn how to see things correctly. This is where I was going to learn to be, this is where I was going to be healed. This is where I was going to be restored is connecting back with the Lord in the word. And so that habit that I had developed over the years yes. of be, sitting with God, I never really let go of, and I don't even know when it became rich and sweet and, you know, this beautiful relationship again, but at first it was literally clinging by my fingernails, but it was because of a habit that I developed that I knew that's where I had to go back to. Well, that's what I was saying when I was like, we're big kids, we're adults. Like we know there's certain things that like you were saying, I know going, I knew I needed to be there because that's what was going to help me. And I think I mentioned on our last, maybe I didn't, I talked about it a lot. My mom passed away of ALS, which was Lou Gehrig's disease, which is terrible. Your muscles all stop. You still have pain. You still feel everything. You're just like, it's like you're buried up to your neck in cement. You just can't move anything. It's a very hard disease. And at one point, my um, niece asked my mother, who had been a Christian since she was 14, my mother had um, asked her, you know, how how is your relationship with the Lord through all this? And my mom said, we've been practicing for this my whole life. Mm -hmm. And that has just struck me so many times, like time and time again, like, you know, you knew then, right, that this was, we were doing, you're going back to the word, Mindy, because this is, yes. this is what we, this is how we practice our faith in him. And that really struck me with my mom's comment That's to my beautiful. niece as well. That's beautiful. And that actually makes me think of Amy Carmichael, the missionary in India. She, I read her book just recently and, um, towards the end of her life, she, she, um, was bedridden. Right. And she was writing and writing and writing all her books. And then all of a sudden she lost use of her hands. And her comment was, I gave my, my hands to the Lord years ago. Yes. It's that cultivation of relationships. So when the, the hard times come, 
we have our anchor. Your mom remained anchored in the Lord because her devotional time was spent with God, not with other men's words. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I just, I want to encourage our listeners if they are in burnout or coming out of that, um, that it's in the scriptures with Elijah and how he was a, a zealous person who served the Lord and experienced burnout. And I'm so grateful that the Lord puts these stories, these real people in, in the word to show us the desperation of a burnout where Elijah, he sat down and said, I have had enough Lord, take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's depression. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, a very scary place to be. I don't know how far you were Mindy, but I've had moments where I just wish that I would be in heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm just tired and um, I can't take any more and I can't take any more of these hard stories of people's lives. Um, but God took care of Elijah and it's simple, practical help, right? Um, that we allow the Lord to love us in those moments. It's not for us to look for the formula to fix ourselves, like all the self-help, like you were talking about the billion dollar industry out there. It's, it's the Lord's loving care because he knows what we need. And, um, so I just encourage people read, you know, first Kings 19 about Elijah and the wonderful things the Lord did through him, but also the fear of man of Jezebel going after his mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. He lost focus. You know, he was tired and, and the things that we do in our ministry are heavy mm -hmm. and, and the Lord does show us that, but he provides and mm -hmm. he sustains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if, you are a person who likes the self-care stuff that's going on. I, I want to say, if there's any self-care that's going to last, it's the self-care of learning how to be in the word on a regular basis and daily, because that is where our, that's where depth of soul gets touched, fed, lifted, healed, restored. That's where we get our refuge, our peace, our wisdom, our truth. It's where we can then pour all of those things out into other people and do it with joy. So, oh, what a beautiful conversation today. I love, I love talking to you ladies. Um, I'm so um, bummed that Linda could not join us. Uh, so uh, if you want to contact Trisha or Tanya, we'll have their uh, emails in the show notes, or you can contact me as well. And uh, that's it. Ladies, have a great day. Thank you.